Morning, everyone. My name's Sai. How are you guys doing? Right. Doing all right? Good, good. Enjoying the warm weather? It's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely. What a good couple of weeks it's been for British sport, hey? If you're, if you're English here today or, or, or British, what a great couple of weeks we've had. Uh, England beat South Africa at rugby. That's, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've had uh, Lewis Hamilton win the Grand Prix in France. We've had England smashing the Aussies at cricket. That was impressive, wasn't it? And uh, uh, it looks like Murray was well back on his road to recovery. Uh, me and Chris Large, we saw him in the flesh on Monday. He walked just, just in front of us, he did. My mate Murray, I'm going to call him now. He didn't, he didn't, even, didn't even acknowledge us. But anyway, anyway, he did well. Um, and then if you like golf, you've got Matt Wallace, who won the uh, BMW International Open uh, again. So it's been a good couple of weeks. Oh, of course, there is the... Uh, Oh, these, these should be a, if we uh, scroll on, Phil, these are, they should all be there. There we go. Look, there they are in their glory. And of course, there's a small matter of the football as well, isn't there? The, the biggest prima donnas of the sporting world, the, 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 the football. And, uh, and England actually look quite good for a change, don't they? Apart from against Belgium, maybe. Uh, but maybe that was tactical, people are saying. But uh, anyway, uh, they look quite good. And probably more sort of uh, excited, excitingly, if that's a word for, for, uh, for us, is, is the fact that the other big teams, they don't look very good, do they? Germany going out, it's just, uh, that's fantastic. So, uh, so, you know, for us who are British here, we are beginning, just, just beginning to get a little bit excited, aren't we? Just a little bit excited that maybe something could happen. We don't want to get too excited because that wouldn't be very British to be too excited before it's due. But um, we are feeling that little spark of hope rise in our, in, in our hearts of maybe this could be the year that we, uh, that, that we win. Anyway, these sporting people, they're so gifted at the sport that they do, aren't they? They make it look so easy. And it's easy until you actually try to do some of their tricks yourself. And then you suddenly realize, ah, ah, they are really very gifted. However, often their giftedness leads to arrogance. And it leads to their own self-obsession. And in pursuit of their own egos, it actually sometimes leads to the detriment of the team that they're playing for. And also, because they're so gifted in, in, in sport, it often means that their character is less than to be desired in, uh, in, in not all of them, but in many of them, that happens. And today, we're going to look at the gifts that God gives to his people, and in particular, the gifts that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A good God gives good gifts to his people through the Holy Spirit for the common good of the church. And we, as believers, we should eagerly seek spiritual gifts and honor uh, everyone as they use those spiritual gifts. Or to put it another way, to sum up what I want to say to you is good gifts honor all. That's spiritual gifts as God intended. And that's what we're going to look at with you today. You see, the Corinthians, uh, uh, we're picking up in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the Corinthians, they had got, they'd got obsessed with all things spiritual and it become a selfish 
obsession, if you like. And uh, they, they had not, uh, they, they had forgotten that it's about Jesus. They had forgotten that it's about serving his people. And they were just getting caught up in their own egos. And this is why Paul actually writes to them. And in chapters 8, to 10, he addresses three different areas um, that they were getting wrong in life. And then, when he, uh, at the end of chapter 10, he says, actually, we should be doing everything to the glory of God. And then in chapters 11 to 12, to our passage today, he addresses three areas that they were getting wrong in their corporate worship uh, gathering together. He addresses the area of where, where uh, some of the women were, were going wrong. He addresses the area where they were doing communion in a, uh, in, a, in a crazy way. Some of them were getting drunk. And then he goes on to address, in our passage today, spiritual gifts, how they uh, were, were um, not using them in an appropriate way. He then moves on after uh, 1 Corinthians 12 to address the whole uh, area of love and how that needs to be the overarching motive for all that we do for God, even with the, the spiritual gifts, before he moves back to readdress prophecy such as its importance uh, amongst the church. He, um, you see, for Paul, in chapters 12 to 14 of 1 Corinthians, he highlights the importance of believers being spiritual and looking to build each other up in, uh, through the good gifts that God has given us. And he's given these, us these gifts in this age to help us grow into greater Christ-like maturity before the perfect and the eternal age comes where we will receive our new resurrection bodies, which Paul then goes on to address in 1 Corinthians 15. So that, if you like, that's sort of like the overarching uh, view of the, the passage of Corinthians that we're going to look at today. You see, for Paul, the life of the, uh, um, the Christian life that we experience is one that should be characterized by the Spirit's power at work in you and at work in me, despite our weaknesses. Spiritual gifts are given in this period by the Spirit of God for the common good. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll start just by reading the first seven verses. It says this, Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and a variety of service, but the same Lord and a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Paul reminds the Corinthians and us through them that they come from a background of not knowing Christ to one where the Spirit of God enables them to recognize that Jesus is Lord. That's, uh, that phrase, Jesus is Lord, in the Roman world was actually you know, that's a real tense phrase. It put them in danger because in the Roman world, Caesar is Lord. And so for Christians to recognize and boldly declare that Jesus is Lord, that 
meant for them, actually, that they could end up getting into trouble and losing their life. The Greek word for Lord there um, is also the same Greek word that in the uh, Greek version of the Old Testament, they use to translate the word Yahweh, God's own personal name. So actually it's saying, you know, Jesus is Yahweh. So Paul is hinting there at Christ's divinity as, uh, as well. And he goes on to hint at the Trinity in verses 4 to 6, as we've just read, that it's the same Spirit, it's the same Lord, it's the same God who gives us the gifts for acts of service to to build up the church for the common good. Note for Paul how even before he lists the gifts for us, he, 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 he tells us the purpose of these gifts. It is for our common good. Or as the Good News Version says, it is for the good of all. Or as the New Living Translation says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Here's the thing, you see. The Corinthians, they were, they were getting it wrong. They were, getting it, uh, they were getting confused. And Paul was wanting to write to address this in them and through them in everyone who reads this letter. So God's gifts are not given primarily for your benefit or as a reward for your good behavior. You say that again. God's gifts are not given for your benefit or as a reward for your behavior. A good God gives good gifts so that they can do... uh, Sorry, a good God gives his people good gifts so that they can do good works for the good of others. It should be on the screen behind me, that. So let's say that together. A good God gives his people good gifts so that they can do good works for the good of others. That's why God gives us his spiritual gifts. It is a gift of God to you to benefit his church and to benefit other people. It's not a reward for people's behavior. And that's why sometimes we can get confused. You know, you can see uh, God uses people that are, uh, to do some amazing things. And you think, God, they're, they're so gifted. That's incredible. But you feel like reminding God, but, but God, what about this area in their life that they haven't got quite buttoned up or they're, they're, not, they're not living for you in that area of their life? You feel like you have to sort of point that out to God. You don't need to do that. God knows about that area of their life. And he will deal with that issue or he will hold them accountable for how they uh, behave. But you see, God gives his people good gifts so that we can, so that they can build up the church. And we, we're called to thank God for those gifts and to look to God and recognize God working through people despite their weaknesses. That's what it's supposed to raise up in us. The other danger that can come with gifts, and this happens for, for uh, some people, is some people can say, oh, well, you know, uh, for me, I'm not so concerned about the, the, the spiritual gifts. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not so concerned about looking good and uh, being uh, in front of people. For me, it's all about the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, yes. yes. For me, it's all about love. It's all about joy. It's all about peace and patience, kindness goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. That's what I want to grow. I want to grow my my character. And anyway, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 goes on to address the whole area of love as well. I know I want to grow in love. 
You see, that can sound so noble, can't it? People saying that. And we should want to grow in all those things. I'm not saying that. But the point is, actually, it comes from a wrong understanding. Because if you truly love somebody, you want to build them up. You want what's best for them. And it's precisely because God loves his church that he gives his church gifts so that it can be for the common good of all of us. God wants us to use these gifts. You see, if we're truly growing in love, if we're truly uh, growing in the, gift, the fruit of the Spirit, then we will want to move more in the gifts of the Spirit as well because it is for the common good. It builds people up. And in fact, actually, often people don't move in the gifts of the Spirit for, for selfish reasons, not for unselfish reasons. They don't move in it because, oh, I can't do that. What will people think of me if I do that and I get it wrong or I say the wrong thing? Oh, I can't face being in front of all those people and, and doing that. It's often for our own reasons that we don't do it. And yet love causes us to think less of ourselves and more of the people that we love. God has given you gifts and he wants you to use that. Why don't you say that to the person next to you? God has given you gifts and he wants you to use it. Amen. He does. He's got gifts for each one of us. You know, we're called as a church to help each other and build each other up. So if you're, if you're wanting to grow in love, then earnestly desire the spiritual, uh, the spiritual gifts. Gordon Fee says this. He says, Love is the necessary ingredient for our expression of all spiritual gifts. The reason for the gifts is the edification, the building up of the church, which is precisely what love aims at. My friends, God has given you gifts to use for the good of us all. Please don't let your shyness or your fear of man or any other reason rob us as a church of your gift that he has given you. If you get it wrong, never mind. People are gracious here. And even if they're not, they're Christians, they have to forgive you. So, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but it, if you're looking to build people up in love and you're wanting the church to grow then pray that God will increase his gifts amongst you and his gifts amongst us as a church. Amen? Let's have a look at some of these gifts then. So in verse 8, it says this, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Firstly, just to point out, 
These, are, these aren't an, uh, an exhaustive uh, uh, list of the gifts. There's more gifts that are described in Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. Even later on, actually, in this, this chapter, he talks about the gifts of apostles and teachers and administrators, which he doesn't list in uh, that list I've just read there. So it's not supposed to be a complete list of all the gifts. It's just pertinent gifts that Paul was wanting to address the Corinthians at that time and the Holy Spirit through, through this letter is wanting to address in us as well gifts that are important for us to understand a bit more about but notice that actually all the way through the passage Paul is linking it back to the Holy Spirit who is the one who gives them it's the Spirit who empowers them and he gives as he determines you see it's not really about you and me, apart from us allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us for the common good. So let's look at some of these gifts. So first, the utterance of wisdom or word of, of wisdom. In the light of the fact that Paul has spent the first two chapters in in this letter of 1 Corinthians, addressing the whole area of wisdom and how the wisdom of God is ultimately displayed in Christ crucified. We must see here that we're talking about any sort of wisdom of God is understanding what the things are of God, how to live to please God, and how to do that in the light of Christ and Christ crucified. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says this, these things are spiritually discerned, i.e. we cannot understand anything of the things of God unless the Holy Spirit helps us to understand them. So here Paul is, is addressing and saying that, that he will give some people uh, words of wisdom to help other people uh, in, a, in a difficult situation or in, uh, uh, you know, or, or not, not knowing what to do in, in their life. He will give them a word of wisdom that will be in line with what is revealed in Scripture and what Christ, through what Christ has done for us for all time. That's a word of wisdom, an utterance or a word of knowledge. And whilst this, the next one, this would include inspired uh, knowledge by God where, where he would give people special knowledge of things that they wouldn't naturally know. Like you see in the Old Testament with Samuel, when Saul comes to him about his donkeys and Saul anoints him as king, and then at the end says, oh yeah, by the way, about your donkeys, uh, your father's found them, he's not worried about them, he's worried about you. God gave Samuel that knowledge or with Jesus, the woman at the well. Go and fetch your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman replies. He says, no, you're right. You've had five husbands, and the one you're now living with is not your husband. Again, the Spirit revealed that to Jesus. Or Peter with Ananias and Sapphira, when they, they come to him, and uh, they, they pretend that they've, they're giving him all the money for the sale of their land. And he says, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? All the money was yours. You could have done what you like with it. Why have you conspired to lie against the Spirit? Again, the Spirit gave him that special knowledge. But we also have to factor in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 8, where you see there people are abusing their knowledge of the things of God to the detriment and even the destruction of some people's faith whereas all gifts are given for the common good and for building up each other and words of knowledge they're so helpful 
when people bring them, like Anna have brought this morning to, to those people. They're so helpful when you get a word of knowledge for God. It makes you realize, God, God is concerned about my situation. He, he knows what I'm going through. You know, I can remember when I first came back to God, I was standing in a worship time, and uh, internally I was really struggling for thinking, God can't be pleased with me. How could I ever, ever please God? And a woman in front of me turned around and just said, I really feel Hebrews 11, verse 6, is, is relevant to you. I said, oh yeah, why is that? He said, well, in there it talks about earnestly seeking. He's pleased with those who earnestly seek him. And I feel that God is saying that you are earnestly seeking him, so he is pleased with you. Wow. I just suddenly knew God was speaking to me. There was no way she could have known what was going on in my heart. My friends, we want more of this gift amongst us as a church. Thirdly, faith. You know, all faith is a grace gift of the Spirit of God that helps us come to know that Jesus is Lord in the first place anyway. But here, Paul is addressing uh, faith to see breakthrough in difficult uh, or indeed impossible situations. Because he goes on in 1 Corinthians 13 to talk about faith that can move mountains. So God is wanting to increase this type of faith amongst us as well. If you have this sort of faith where you just know that God's put that in you and you can pray to see breakthrough, then please come alongside us uh, as a church. Come, come along tomorrow at the prayer meeting and help us pray into being the things that we're feeling called to as a church. Those people that are going through difficult times, come alongside them and pray with them. Pray in faith that God will break through in their situation. You know, Martin Dunsford uh, from from Southampton, he is a man of faith. He's somebody who is a man of faith to see God break through in his situation. Uh, You know, that multi-million pound building that they've got down there, uh, that that Andy is uh, now enjoying uh, leading down there, he had the plans drawn up for that building before they even owned the land. Can you believe that? Because God had spoken. God had spoken and told him to get on with it. So he got on with it before he even owned the land. And, uh, and just as it came to the time where they were going to need to go to get planning permission, the guy who had repeatedly refused to sell them the field that they wanted to build this extension uh, met him at a charity do and said, all right then, I'll sell you the land. God broke through. Martin was a man of faith. And my friends, we want to see an increase of that sort of faith amongst us as a church. Gifts of healing. Jesus, Paul, the early church, it was the expectation that they would see God move in healing power amongst the churches. Because that was one of the promises of the Old Testament, that when the Messiah came, you would see these things. And notice it's gifts plural there, thus implying that every single healing incident that we see is its own separate gift, and we want to see more of these gifts amongst us. You know, our kids, our youth, are stepping out and praying for healing more and more. My friends, let's, let's step out as a church more and more. If you're here today and you're sick, come to Healing House later. Get prayed for. Let's press into God to, to see him breaking through and bringing healing. We're seeing some. We want to see more. God wants to do more amongst us. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Miraculous power. Well, healing would be a miraculous event too, but as Paul's singled out healing, he's kind of uh, uh, now sort of uh, uh, identifying all other supernatural activities that are not healing. You know, we want to see more of this amongst us as a church, and God wants to move amongst us with his miraculous power. And my friends, that takes us stepping out when we feel prompted by God in that situation. You know, one time when I was traveling down from Kampala to Hoima in, in Uganda, um, I was on a bus, minibus, and it was, it was traveling down, and it broke down. And so we all had to get off the bus, and they were trying to fix it for ages. Nothing, it wouldn't start, it wouldn't start, it wouldn't start. And it was beginning to get dark, and it wasn't actually safe to be on the roads in those days in the dark. Still not that safe now, but, uh, but there, you know, for bandits and stuff like that, was a, was a real, real problem. And I just felt prompted by God to go and pray over the vehicle. So I just walked up to, to the vehicle, laid my hand on it, and I, I wish I'd said, I, and I shouted in the name of Jesus, but I didn't. I, I prayed quietly in the name of Jesus, work in the name of Jesus, like that. And as soon as I said that, vroom, it started, and we all got back on the bus, and we went safely on our journey. God wants to work in miraculous power amongst us. Let's, let's, let's press into that, because God is wanting to move more. Prophecy, speaking the words and heart of God over a situation or into a person's life or people's lives. It is to be weighed and tested to see if it's in line with what the Bible says, obviously, because we must do that, but also weighed and tested to see if it's in line with the other things that you're feeling God is calling you to do and the other prophetic words that you've had over your life or we've had over us as a church. That's why Paul goes on to talk about and distinguishing between spirits as well, which doesn't just apply to, is this of God or is this of, of the devil? It's more than that. As you see in 1 Corinthians 14, as Dunk will come and look at uh, next week, the, the, it talks there about the spirit of the prophets, i.e. talking about the, the prophets themselves. And therefore, it's not just saying, is this of God or of the devil? But actually, it's about weighing prophetic words and distinguishing between prophetic words to see, is this in line? Is this in the flow of what God is, is saying to you? Or is it for a different situation or a different uh, person, maybe even? But Dunk's going to say more about this uh, next week. But we want more of prophecy amongst us. Actually, Paul then goes on to give a whole chapter to talk about the importance of, of prophecy. So we want more of that. We don't take it lightly. The gift of, of speaking in tongues. It refers here in particular to spirit-inspired utterances. Paul's not in this, in this passage envisaging uh, where people speak and then someone else hears it in their own native language, in you know, a different language to you know, what the person can, can speak in. That does happen, but that's not what Paul is talking about here because he goes on in 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 to talk about the language of angels and heavenly utterances uh, as well. Speaking in tongues massively builds us up personally. That's what Paul so he encourages us into it. However, if it's brought publicly, in order for it to benefit the church, there has to be an interpretation of that tongue, either by the person who brought the, 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 the tongue or 
by another person who feels stirred with uh, the interpretation. And the word itself, interpretation, isn't, it isn't the same as translation. So sometimes you might get it where someone will give a tongue uh, that's, uh, that's uh, very long, and someone might come up and say, I feel God say, uh, I feel, uh, and express it to uh, a prayer of thanks or something like that to God in just a few words. And you think, hang on a sec, he spoke for five minutes and he only spoke for, for, for one minute. It's not a translation or, you know, word for word thing. It's an interpretation. It's putting into words what that person was expressing in their spirit. And we want more of this. Paul encourages us. He says he wants all of us to speak in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. Such is the benefit to your personal life. He wants you to do it. And if you haven't, uh, if you don't speak in tongues, ask God. Ask God, God, give me this gift. It will benefit you. But if it's brought in the public place, it's of no benefit to us all unless there's an interpretation. So they're, they're the gifts. So finally, let's move on to looking at honouring each part or honouring each other. It goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews and Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I, don't, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where, where, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it, as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he, cho as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, and there be, may be, that there may be no division in the body, but that all the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffers together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You see, it's the Spirit of God that causes us to recognise that Jesus is Lord in the first place that we by ourselves are not good enough to please God, to live a life that can please him, but because God loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to come and live amongst us, to live a life that fully pleased God in his deed, a life that he only spoke words that were appropriate and his thoughts never offended God. And the rest of us could not 
say that, then Jesus chose to die on a cross, a, a criminal's death, so that he could take on himself all the things that you and I have done wrong and continue to get wrong from time to time. He takes God's anger against our wrongdoing so that we can be accepted by God and become part of his church, the body of Christ here on earth, with heaven being our final dwelling place. His spirit, Jesus tells us, makes its home inside of you and me, the moment that we believe in him. And that's actually what verse 13 is talking about there, where it talks about in one spirit, we're all baptized into the body. It causes us to live, to want to live, to please God and grow in the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit prompts us to do things for God and gives us access to the power to do the very things that he has prompted us to do with gifts to to use. He's given us these different gifts to help us build up the church of God. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you do them, he'll reward you for doing the very thing that he's prompted you and empowered you to do as well. Hallelujah. My friends, that is the gospel. That is the good news that Jesus has, has uh, done for us and what he has won for us. You see, it's all about God. It's all about what he has done. And even with the gifts that he gives, he gives them as he determines and he empowers us to, to work in them for the good of the body. Every part of us, Every part of it, every one of us is necessary. Every one of us has a, f- a function. And indeed, those that may be less visible in terms of what they do within the church, the passage says actually greater honour is placed on them so that the whole church can receive honour. Those people that here that you know, do things that you, you know, some people might not even realise they do in terms of keeping the place tidy or working in the kitchen and stuff like that. Greater honour is placed on them. You see, my friends, it's not really about you or me. It's about God. And we have the absolute privilege of engaging in the very works of God himself. And he gifts us uh, to, to do those works. So whatever someone does, whatever someone tries to do for God, let's make sure we honour them, that we thank them for what they're doing for God. Because as we do that, we can all rejoice together, it says, and God is glorified. You know, our own uh, esteemed philosopher, Mr. P. Saunders, uh, he, he says this, which I'm pinching his quote because he said it this week to me, uh, we may not be called to be the face of a clock, We may just be a tiny cog within it, but without you doing what you are made to do, the clock will not tell the right time. We all have a part to play. We're all important in God's plans. It's wise words from Phil, isn't it? I thought it was very good. So let's honour everyone for what they do or even what they try to do for God. So in conclusion, a good God gives good gifts to his people through his Holy Spirit for the common good of the church of Jesus Christ. Therefore, believers should eagerly desire spiritual gifts and honour each other as we use these gifts. Or to put it another way, good gifts honour all. That's spiritual gifts as God intended us to use them. Amen? Amen. You know, 
You may be here today and you may not know Jesus and you may be thinking, what on earth is, a, is going on? Or you may have some more questions or you may be actually at a place where you're thinking, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, know more about Jesus. I'd like, to, I'd like to receive that forgiveness that you were talking about. I'd like to know that I've got my place in heaven. Please come and talk to me afterwards. I'd love to, I'd love to share with you some more and to, to speak to you about it. But for the rest of us, can I encourage us to be eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts? You know, tomorrow night's prayer meeting is given over to us praying into the spiritual gifts and praying, God, fill us with more of your spirit. God, give us more of your gifts amongst us. God, equip us more. So can I encourage you to be there tomorrow night at the prayer meeting because we're really going to pray and press into God moving amongst us in power and increasing his gifts and his presence amongst us. But let's stand. Can I invite the band back? And I'm just going to pray because actually the Bible says all of us, we should be eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts. So I'm just going to pray that God would move in power uh, uh, amongst us and he would stir up this desire in us. Just hold out your hands before God like you would when you want to receive a gift. Come, Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love the church, Lord God. You love us, Lord God. Every one of us in this room, you love with an everlasting love, Lord God. We thank you for that. We thank you that you went to the cross you died and rose again so that you could ascend on high and then that you could send your Holy Spirit amongst us, Lord God. And Lord, we just want to say we welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Come and fill each one of us, I pray, right now, Lord God. Come and fill us, Lord God. Thank you that each person in this room, you have given gifts, Lord God. And actually, you want to give them more gifts, Lord God, I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, you determine who gets what gifts. You determine what you give, Lord God. And Father, I pray, pour out your Spirit on us, Lord God, and give us the gifts that you've got for us, Lord God. Thank you, you've got good gifts to build us up, Lord God. Come and move in power, Lord God. Father, those that you want to give the gift of prophecy or have given the gift and you want to stir it more, Lord God, give them more now. I pray, Lord God, for the edification of the church, Lord God. Those that you're calling to be encouragers, Lord God, just give them that gift now to encourage, Lord God, and to encourage others, Lord God. Come by your spirit, Lord God. We pray for more uh, gifts of tongues amongst us and interpretation of tongues, Lord God. We pray for greater faith, Lord God, to be poured out on us, Lord God. May we be known as a church of faith to pray into things and to see you break through in impossible and difficult situations, Lord God. Father, come. Lord, thank you that you love us, Lord God. Thank you that you are for each one of us, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray, Would you pour out your spirit on us, even now, Lord God, even now, Lord God. Thank you that you want to release healing amongst us, Lord God. You want to release a breakthrough in healing, in the miraculous power, Lord God. We we want more of that, Lord God, and we pray for more of that. We, We say we're going to press in for more of that amongst us, Lord God. Come, Lord God, move in power, I pray. 
Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, thank you that you give your gifts for the good of your people, Lord God, and for your glory. And so we pray, Lord, that you would just multiply your gifts amongst us. For your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a sermon from Christchurch Hailsham. For more information or to contact us, visit ChristchurchHailsham.org.